acetone. Wisdom shared by the housewives and the occasional house husband of Scotland in the pages of the Sunday Post in the 1950s. Whatever will they make of it today? Hello and welcome back to the second part of the future. That that seems a bit silly to say the second part of the future. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm just going to get straight into it by saying that Steve's going to tell us about his trousers and just kind of leave it there because I don't know what else to say on the matter of Steve's trousers. I'll tell you what, it's all to do with nuclear fission. Again, more nuclear. We just got out of our heads the impending doom of nuclear Indiana Jones running around while everything gets melted and here we are. But clothes, wait a minute, press the button, press the button Steve. Clothes. Suits will outlive the wearer. The fibres will be treated with radiation from waste fission products to make them almost everlasting. Is that some sort of sick joke? Imagine wearing nuclear clothes. I honestly thought you would be upset at the idea of wearing clothes for the rest of your life. Being nope. a fashionista. As opposed, as opposed to not wearing clothes? <laughs> wearing the same clothes. Okay. Wearing the same clothes all the time. Um... I mean, you'd get a bit smelly, would you not? You could <laughs> clean them. Yeah. No, but yeah. but Steve, then you'd get a nuclear washing machine. Steve's point is that you'd buy like one pair of trousers, one shirt. And infect them with nuclear radiation. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, tough them. Obviously. Those. And then you'd wear those you know, forever, forever and, and always. then pass them down to your children since they've outlived you. But why? Mind you, you'd be infertile. <laughs> you'd have yeah. no children. So, but why? For what purpose would you Well, you, you wouldn't to have to that? ever buy any more. That's what they're... I've also I've they genuinely loved this idea. I've never 1950s. heard of this idea of hardening things with nuclear uh, radiation. No, I, because, it's because it's not a thing. Not true. Well, no, but there must have been some science behind it. Even, though, even, even though it's a stupid yeah. idea, you know. They you also thought that because uh, nuclear waste lasts forever, then that, uh, if you had trousers treated with <laughs> nuclear waste, then they would last forever too. Nuclear Right. Okay. Let's bring this back down to earth That's a little silly. bit then. A peep into the kitchen of the 1960s. The cooker will be split so that the oven is built into the wall and the hot plate is in another part of the kitchen. That happened. That's, that did that, happen. that's legit. Yeah. Oh my God. They predicted something. Wonder why, that I wonder why happened. that was like a... Step forward. A step forward, but also why that was even thought of. Like, why do I have it like that now? Or more recently? Good question. What? Good question. I once talked to a kitchen designer who told me uh, your absolute start point is to put your uh, hot plate in the safest part of the room where there's least traffic, people walking past, mm. because there's less chance of injury. This is in the most trafficked part. I'm trying to find, uh, there was a really famous, I can't remember the details of it, uh, mm. time in motion study. It was, I think it might have been the first one where... Uh, women, obviously, were tracked using their kitchen. Mm-hmm. And it was identified that they did um, a bit like those sort of dance uh, patterns that show how to dance, oh, yeah, top-down yeah. moves, and it shows you little dotted lines of the, the women moving around the kitchen. And they identified that uh, by rearranging the elements of the kitchen, they could actually make it wildly more efficient. And it, yeah. the, the, uh, you put things in a triangle, and I forget what the triangle is, presumably it's like sink prep and then cooking i guess mm. um and if you put them in that triangle then it makes much more sense but but but, well, my, but having my kitchen's in a triangle then there you go but it was um the first time that that kind of 
you know, data, I think, I think it was the first time, that kind of rigor in data had been applied to something as mundane um, yeah, yeah. as somebody cooking in the kitchen. And it was quite interesting, you know, we'd use time in motion for like business and mm-hmm. efficiency and on manufacturing lines. But here it was saying, you know, households deserve <laughs> that kind of work as well. Yeah. <laughs> right. In that case, then we'll move on to another kitchen appliance. Washing machines will be entirely automatic. Clothes fed in one end will be washed, rinsed, and dried without the help of the housewife. That also came to pass? Yeah. Kind of did, yeah. dry- you get Well, you get, well, you get washer dryers, dryers. Yeah, condensing washer, washer dryers. But for the day, I mean, I remember twin tub washing machines. Washing was a big part of the working week. For a, I know the phrase twin mother. tub. Is it, what, what are the two different tubs used for? There was one for washing and one for spinning. Oh, okay. The one for washing didn't have holes in it, whereas the yeah. one for spinning did. And it was just centrifugal yeah. force pushing uh-huh. the water out. And strange things could happen because when your mother was not there, you could put things in the spinner and see what happened. Nothing sexual, caught. I take it. No. No, like a cat no. or something. Yeah. Or, or younger brothers, that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I really like those. Uh, you don't often see them, but at swimming pools, you get those machines to put your wet dookers in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Spin oh, the... that's my favourite word. Dookers. Dookers. Yeah. Yeah. Swimming That's how well, I used to say that and everyone would say, what's dickers? And I'm like, for t- dicking with. <laughs> Sorry, I can't concentrate on this <laughs> anymore. And it's things I don't want to know. Dickers. Transistor fridges. Cooling units in miniature will be placed in food cupboards to give a cold larder. And miniature fridges will be taken by families on motoring tours and picnics. I actually, that, what was that's that not first bad word idea. you said? Transistor, transistor fridges. I don't yeah. know what that means, but okay. Is that even a word? Yes. <laughs> transistors, we used to have transistors, but now we have digital circuits. Don't yeah, we? It's, a, it's an early form of a logic gate. Yes. Stop it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, it says about um, little fridges. Yes. I, get, um, I mean, I guess, that in a way, really you happen, can, really. well... You do get mini fridges. You do get mini fridges, yeah. I have and them. what do you what do you keep in your mini fridge? Uh, we don't use it very often. Um, it, my folks gave it to us at one point. Um, they'd got it for keeping stuff for my daughter in when she was very mm. young, separate from the family fridge. Yeah. Um, and it kind of it, it got passed over to us, and it's used occasionally. You know, for if there's like overflow, my my in laws used it at Christmas when there was too mm. much booze to fit in the main fridge. And, but it's got a switch, so it can switch between alternating and direct current, so it can be powered off. Mains or of a car oh, right. okay. uh, plug oh, as see. well. And then you get like ice boxes and stuff. So I guess that's not hellishly mm. far off. Don't you saying. think that, as it says here, a cooling larder is a good idea? With just a sort of, I don't know, an aircon unit in oh. it to keep your potatoes and sprouts. It's sort of walk-in fridge you're almost talking about, really. But larders, of course, if it traditionally were yeah. designed to be cold. Yeah, yes, they didn't have heaters. It was passive yes. uh, yeah. cooling. I have a larder. <laughs> I live in an old house, remember? Right. Is it labelled and organised? No. Well, not by me. It's organised, but again, not by me. Oh, there's a surprise. <laughs> Even small food shops will take on the appearance of supermarkets. The food will be practically all of the frozen variety, even frozen bread and cakes. Mm, it kind of didn't happen. Frozen bread's a good thing. Fro- bread I mean, bread I freezes really my well. Bread. Yeah. Do you? 
Because I can't we'll go eat, straight into I the toaster. Yeah, I can't eat a whole loaf like in a few days by myself. So, oh, you know, it's, yeah. My mum my and I did it when I stayed at home as well. You know, you would, we would put three or four, well, four or, four or six bits in, left in the, you know, and then the rest. That sounds all right. Yeah. No, you don't know the difference, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Rather, because what I've happened never, is... I've really, very rarely frozen bread, but then I think we go through a lot of bread. Yeah, if you've got a big family, you wouldn't need to do that. Yeah. But if you're on your own or whatever... We're, we're talking as well in the time, one of the big revolutions that was happening around that time was barcodes. I think which were invented, I think, at the start of the 50s, but uh-huh. it took a couple took of decades years to, what, before they, totally barcodes. Oh, yeah. barcodes. Yeah. Because that then changed the dynamic in a shop completely. Mm-hmm. And it was the first big change since package products came in. Because, of course, you know, the, the, the couple of generations before that, mm-hmm. nobody brought bought prepackaged mm. flour mm. And, and everything you go in and you get a pound of this or a quarter of that yeah uh, and it was only once packaging came around uh, and there's a really uh, robert opie is really good to read on this uh, the whole introduction of packaging meant that brands could then tell their own story whereas before if you if there was three kinds of sugar that you could buy in the shop you were at the mercy of the shopkeeper to know which one you bought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then brands could actually create stories and narratives around themselves, mm-hmm. how they market themselves. That would influence, it would your, influence your, your the purchase. Whole, the whole shopping experience was vastly different. When I was a kid growing up, um, supermarkets did not sell newspapers as far as I recall. There was only one small supermarket where you largely bought tins in it. You, for fruit and veg, you went to the green grocers. For fish, you went to the fishmongers. For meat, you went to the butchers. For newspapers, you went to the newsagents. For and sweeties, you went to the sweetie shop. And the car was a big part of that shift because soon the, mm. you could you could put these big supermarkets on the outskirts of yeah, towns. Yeah, but you needed drive a car to, to carry all that stuff as well um, and to get to it as well. Yeah. yeah. See, I think I would much prefer shopping back then. Like, I think it sounds so quaint and things like. I would like They're to just be able to very, very time consuming. Yeah. You, yeah and you need to be a housewife or a house husband. You'd be, yeah. Your entire business has to be running that household. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of like going to the butchers and stuff, but I just, and I'm sitting here thinking, well, why don't I? But yeah. it's. Oh, I love going like, to the butcher. I don't, I don't I think know. The meat always looks better than a butcher. Yeah. And you get interesting things. Yes, yeah. You certainly do. You don't yeah. just get. Steak and chicken breast. And yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's. Uh, it's really hard. I think, again, it's that sort of rose-tinted glass thing that we talked about recently. It's, it's really easy to look at these times and think, oh, that was lovely. But there's nothing really stopping you doing it these days. And in oh, fact, the high street right. would love it if you didn't do that. Yeah. Would love it I'm if you terrified about the future of what shopping and such like will be in 10, 20 years' time. It feels like every shop's shutting. I'm yeah. kind of yeah. depressed. Is, it's e-commerce. Yeah. It's um, yeah, having a big impact. But people still like going out for a day at the shops. I mean, no, I don't. Do you not? No. I hate going to the Overgate with a passion. That's our local shopping centre yeah. here in mm. Or the Wellgate or, well, no, I go to the Wellgate. nothing in the Wellgate these days. No, no. And I just think, oh, there's people in my way. It's too hot. It's too cold. Yeah. I don't, I don't find anything there that I couldn't get 10 times better online with. To you get honest. to try stuff on. You get to talk to your friends about it. You get ah, but the, the, the big shift there, of course, is things like ASOS. You just you know buy three sizes. Uh-huh. They come to you. Back. You send two back or three back. Can I also just say <gasps> that I think... Are you going to say what I'm going to say? I don't know. 
Go on. Go so on. I go saw this um, the other day, yesterday, maybe the other day before, and I really think this is an amazing thing. So ASOS have just started this um, thing on their website. On their, I don't believe it's on their app yet, just on the website, where with certain garments of clothing at the moment, because they're obviously just trialling it, you can see the item of clothing yeah. on several different sizes, several different heights, several different ethnicities, etc., so you the same dress, but you can see it on a size eight and a size sixteen, and someone who's five foot two and someone who's six foot. And I just think like that is pretty cool. That is really cool, and it's actually I think a, a much more practical yeah. uh, step than full AR because there was a mm. lot of talk for AR yeah. uh, augmented reality. Oh, There's a lot of talk oh. about being able to you know, virtually try on clothes, mm. and that's kind of okay, and it, 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 it might come, but but it's 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 there's a lot of hurdle stick over before we can do that but mm. that idea of you know seeing and you know whether you're uh bigger or whether you're very slim mm. very skinny you know you're not catered for no. uh, in shots of you know in catalogs and stuff but no the thing i was going to say was <laughs> steve have you ever heard of like personal styling subscriptions oh steve <laughs> needs one i think personal styling i'm sub- subscribed to who what, so what? Something like Stitch Fix is what? one of the companies that does it. Okay. And so you fill out a kind of survey to tell them about your taste and what your needs are. It's like Trini and Susanna, what Absolutely. not to wear. And then there are people at the sto- uh, at these services, which they're not owned by one store, or maybe they are technically, but it's not like Debenhams Personal yeah. Shopping, for example. Actually, that's a bad example. That's a department store, but... Mm. Oh Lord! And the person <laughs> will sit and they'll come up with a, a wardrobe for you and send you a package of stuff. You can then try them on and send back what you don't like, and then you can, uh, you know, improve the, what they're going to send to you. So you don't even have to go to shop. You just tell them, and you can. It's not going to if you don't want, you know, big blousy pink silk numbers. Like, they're not going to send them to you. But if you just want, you know, some nice basic shirts and trousers, you don't even have to go to a shop. Things come through your door. We have door. become so lazy and so unable to function in the world that we can't choose our own clothes, really. Yes. What has happened to us? We're like the Roman Empire. We are rotting from the inside. I don't know if I think it's quite cool. I, I'm, I've never done it. It's like it, a sock really. subscription. They're I, cool. I've never done it, but I can see a lot of re, a lot of good things about it. In particular, yeah. well, I mean, it, you, you know, change your style, which might not be a bad thing, but also... <laughs> yeah, for you, Steve. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I meant one's style. But... Um, <laughs> You know, we live in a reasonably big city in Dundee, uh, or near it, in Connie's case, um, and the, the, but the shopping here is not particularly good. There's not that much choice around no. here. I quite like deciding like what I want to, to wear. Yeah, you probably like going to, I don't know, shops like, I'm trying to think of an old man's shop, <laughs> like Edinburgh Woolen Mill. And Closed down now. Oh, has it? The yeah, one down yeah. the road? I think the whole yeah. chain. Oh, really? Oh. I've um, never been in Edinburgh Woolen Mill in my entire Tiso. life. Tiso. I do like quite, quite like Tiso, yeah. Or, um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Actually, there's, there's a shop in town here, uh, Slater men, Menswear, which is very old-fashioned when you go up into it. Yeah. But they sell things like Levi's and stuff. stuff. They sell it, <laughs> they, but it's weird, because from the outside, you wouldn't think, oh, yeah, they definitely sell Levi's, but they do. Guys, I would look absolutely ridiculous in young people's clothes. But they, wouldn't, they wouldn't necessarily no. send you young people's clothes. Yeah, you'd, but you'd, young people's clothes looked ridiculous. Those but they trousers have uh-huh. got cuffs around the ankle. <laughs> really? <laughs> like jobby catchers. Yeah. They wouldn't, 
if you said, you know, just send me, you know, dull old man clothes, it would send you dull old <laughs> man clothes. For anybody who's never seen me, I am so totally elegant. No, he's not. Well, no, Steve, Steve does dress well, but he dresses very conservatively. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm no pinks and lurid greens are absent from my wardrobe and will remain so, whether I'm doing the shopping or anybody else is doing the shopping. Oh, I'm so, t- I'm so should, tempted know, to sign I know, him up. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, so or just like ask up. Lawrence Llewellyn Bone to do a, um, I a guest gets, appearance. I wonder if we can get Stitch Fix to, no. to sponsor this show. Trinity and Susanna, help us. Complicated and, complicated and highfalutin like you're talking about is not necessarily better. Simple is good. Deciding things for yourself is good. We should have taken a break about 40 minutes ago. So <laughs> let's, take let's take a break. Ho, ho, ho. The Pass It On books make the perfect gift for Christmas or even any other time of year, especially for your favourite older relative who will find lots in there that they'll recognise. You can get 20% off the Pass It On books at dcthompsonshop.co.uk by using the discount code THRIFTY at checkout. And, as Santa famously always says, check the episode notes for details and terms. Here's your bonus ad break tip. If your living room is heavy with smoke after a party, put a basin of cold water in the room and leave overnight. The air is quite fresh in the morning. I tried, folks. I tried to convince Steve to give Stitch Fix a go, <laughs> but he's not having it. I'm not having it, no. Maybe one day. You never know. You just got to keep drip, drip, drip. Yeah. For the sake no. of- well, it might be quite good for old people that can't go shopping. Yeah, absolutely. No, I am a, I am a grown-up human being who can make decisions for herself. So mm-hmm. But you would, you would still be making that. the decisions Meow. for yourself. It's just somebody would have presented you with some choices. wonder what the commission is. But you're right, though. Oh, it's a £10 fee, I think, with Stitch Fix. Is that all? No. See, that doesn't sound like but very much. Oh, you're telling me it was three it was seconds a, ago. Ah, well, it's a £10 fee for the styling, and then but you can redeem that back against anything you choose to keep. So it, it works out free, I think, in effect. How does that work? Well, because if you don't like anything, mm-hmm. then you, you pay the £10. Mm. Okay. Mm. Yes, well. Sorry, leaving the subject behind us, just... <laughs> I know you he guys. I know you guys like, like to talk about my trousers, but no, we don't. We're, we're going to do it less. I still can't on. believe last last episode Chris said Willie waving, and that is that's horrified me. <laughs> I'm not. That's stopped. worried you for the past entire week, is it? <laughs> I've not stopped thinking about it since. Like that's a the most bizarre saying phrase, whatever you want to say. Have you never ever. heard the phrase Willie? No, you know, never. So have you never ever ever. You know, just just to mean. Uh, I know, like to show off, kind of like. Well, uh, yes, to show pump, off, but, but compete. Yeah, exactly, but but for stupid <laughs> reasons, like for for you know ridiculous yeah. macho posturing. It's just funny. Right, sorry, I have to leave this behind. Somebody has to introduce sanity to this podcast, and it's always me. I hope you've noticed that. <laughs> Color television, twenty-one inch screens will be replaced by thirty-inch screens. Transatlantic TV will be possible by relay stations attached to satellites circling the Earth. All of this came true. Yeah. Well, yes, and, and more. Some, yeah. And then, it, yeah, 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 and then more and more. They, I mean, as a child, I could not conceive of the notion of the the six hundred TV channels I have now, with, of course, the obligatory a person of my age has to add, and there's nothing to watch. 
Well, also, I don't have channels anymore. I have, I don't watch terrestrial TV or yeah. or any sort of broadcast TV at all. Everything's on demand. Everything's iPlayer or Channel Four or Netflix or. Amazon How'd you get Prime your news? Doesn't. Well, I how do you get news night? I oh get god, I definitely don't get those. <laughs> does that mean then not not just I'm not being cheeky, but does that mean you don't pay a TV license? No, oh, no, we do. Yeah, we pay. A you TV still license. have to pay a TV. I didn't know if you had well, to pay a TV license for. Well, two things there. One is you have to pay a TV license. I think if you have a tuner in your telly, and okay. the reason I know that is because when I was a kid, we couldn't get a signal where I lived, so we mm. didn't have a telly till I was eighteen. So we took the tuner out the TV, and okay. we didn't have to pay a TV license. Or at least that was a fiction my parents persisted in. How true it was or not, I don't know. <laughs> but um, also these days it's changed that so you have to have a, pay, have to have a TV, li- TV license in order to consume iPlayer content. Right, okay. Um, That's the part I wasn't and I, sure. And I think it used to be just live stuff, but I think it's now anything. Okay. Do you guys know about TV detector vans? It was bollocks, I was speaking about this it? this morning. Was, I was talking you? to someone about this this morning. Mm-hmm. So that was all the nonsense. Empty vans. For our international listeners, Steve, what were TV detector vans? TV what detector were they vans would go up and down uh, streets with a rotating radar-like thing on the roof, supposedly detecting which households were receiving TV but didn't have a TV license. But it was then pointed out that there is no technology in the world that can say <gasps> which house was getting a TV signal in. What they were really doing was looking up the lists of who'd bought a TV license, who had not, and then looking for the flickering the blue yeah. from a yeah. sitting yeah. room window, or like a thermal camera. Or and it's worth saying as well: if you don't live in the UK, you might not know that in order to to own a TV set, in effect, you have to pay a license yes, fee. You, pay a license fee. you used to have to pay a radio license fee, didn't you? Yes, you did. Um, yeah. But did what do we pay the fee for? It's the it funds the BBC. BBC. Bloody BBC! <laughs> BBC is an excellent institution. The Rethian BBC was the old one. I wonder how many, how much money that, that generates. Generates multi hundreds of millions of pounds. I remember we year. once, like downstairs in my department where I work um, here, we get uh, got a Christmas catalogue that we send out, brochure thing that we send out back, um, and the person had sent it back, put a label on it, said, um, "Can't afford to buy anything, saving up for a TV license." <laughs> <laughs> and I found that quite funny, but yeah, also quite indeed. sad. Anyway, I do like a big TV nowadays. Oh, that's one thing I about like the modern world that I do. TVs and kind of <laughs> It's great watching the football in uh, high definition, huge 60-inch screen. I love it. Yeah, it's a fine thing. It's an excellent thing. Right, speaking of excellent things. In industry, the 30-hour week will come in sight. It's a perennial one, isn't it? Uh, I know. It comes around time happen. time again. We're supposed to be more productive if you only work in the morning or something like absolutely. that. You are, absolutely. Well, there was a, a newer study has been done. And it's, oh, I can't remember the details, but it was it was either a three or a four day working week was actually supposed to be the most productive. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you always do a survey to prove whatever particular pet political position you'd want to take, I guess. But I think it makes sense. Yeah. Um Connie's just looking perplexed. No. What do you think of these curvy TVs? (laughs) (laughs) We've discovered (laughs) Connie's. You've been sitting there thinking about that, haven't you? Yeah. She hasn't heard any of the last five minutes of conversation. My brother-in-law has a curvy (laughs) TV and to be honest, you don't notice. I think it's a bit of a gimmick. I think it's pointless. 
do you think? Yeah, kind of. I would really like um, a very, it's called ultra wide monitor, a 29 one uh, aspect ratio monitor, which are usually curved and they're mm. really, really broad and wide for my desk because when I'm doing editing stuff, being able to see loads on a screen at once would be great. But I'm not a lot of fuss for a telly at home. Like a strip screen. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. just likes tech. I do like tech. You do tech, like tech. Tech is good. What? Says a man who's got a 65 inch telly. <laughs> And who's just <laughs> waxed well, lyrical. You know what they it. say about small men, because they have to overcompensate somehow. <laughs> With big tails. <laughs> or big cars. Right, okay, or big speaking dogs. of tech, this will excite Chris. In the 1960s, huge supplies of oil will come from the Arctic in submarine tankers. No, I don't like that. Say idea. that again. What will come with in big tankers? Huge supplies of oil oh, will right. come from the Arctic. Okay. Bear in mm-hmm. mind, they didn't know there was oil. Well, they did know there was oil under the North Sea, but they didn't know it was ever going to be mm. practical or uh, viable again. Yeah. Something, I think I'm right in saying that at the moment, the US is actually the biggest oil producer in the world, bigger than right? the Middle East countries. Is it? Because of what they're doing with um, uh, digging up pristine <laughs> parts of the country. <laughs> and fracking. Yeah. I bet you two are against fracking. Absolutely. I don't know enough about it. I know the the points of it, but I don't Well, of course, it's been it. halted in the UK. It has. Because it, it, it created... So it's it's pumping gas into the earth, basically, into the ground, if you know what I mean. Is that yeah. right? Shale. And areas, yeah. yeah, and then... To release um, petrochemicals. Yes, yeah. yes, and that is just crumbling the earth. Yeah, it's causing... Basically. Um, well, I mean... So there's two sort of major negative points. One is it's furthering our dependence on fossil fuels yeah. rather than accelerating investment in renewables. Mm-hmm. But also, yes, it's creating major environmental issues, including like groundwater being contaminated, mm-hmm. but uh, earthquakes as well. And that's why it's been stopped in the UK yeah. currently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend's dad... No, this is interesting, and it's still interesting. <laughs> we'll so I, I, I really hope I'm, I'm not... I really hope I'm not, like, causing... Some sort of copyright issue or something, I don't know. Um, works in Dubai and has done for some time. And he's just started his own company where he takes waste plastic and turns it into oil. Yeah, that's a thing that can happen. Oh, yeah, okay, so it's not possible. a new thing. Yeah. So he's just been given a contract with a big oil company to do whatever this process is called, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it is, yeah. Yep. Yep. I think the future is cold fusion. Once we crack it sounds that. like that's what they call like tea bags that you drink cold. Cold. <coughs> <laughs> it's cold infusion, isn't it? Same thing. Yeah, fusion. Well, no, cold fusion. Because of course infusion. we have uh, the, all the electricity generation from nuclear just now is fission power. We are splitting the atom. Mm. But fusion is what powers the sun. Yeah. We smash them together, but we haven't quite cracked it yet. No, no. But that will. that's what you see on Back to the Future when he empties a tin of juice into the Mr. Fusion. Yes. Yep. I'm looking forward I'm to that. Really completely lost today. <laughs> You're talking As about stuff day. that I don't get I don't understand. Well, right, okay. I'll, before, I'll speak about stuff. Before you go on, mm-hmm. I, I just want to sneak in oh, uh, another phallic thing. So another um <laughs> willy waving thing. <laughs> oh. So, Do you know there's a building in America that's shaped like a willy? I'm sure there are several. Well, there's there's <laughs> Not a, the White House. There's or... a school of there's a school of willy in America that's shaped like a building. There's a school of thought that says. Uh, <laughs> Hang that, on a minute before. Let me drink my juice before I spit take. 
It's a school of thought that says that... Um, okay. <laughs> built these skyscrapers and rockets and stuff, which of course are phallic objects... I can't stop already. ...are perhaps not inevitable. Perhaps we design them that way because men rule the world and we like to imagine oh, no, things. they're aerodynamically shaped. If you want to fire something through the air, make it shaped in a non-drag sort of way. But here's here's the actual thing, right? This is, that wasn't my point. My point was... so You just made that point. You know the word... Connie, do you know the word phallic? Yeah, well, only recently. <laughs> what is oh, the female equivalent of phallic? Oh, not a bloody clue. Steve, do you know? I could have a stab at it. You probably can, actually. It's yonic. Oh, is, yeah. is the female equivalent of that something? Spell it. Uh, Y-O-N-N-I-C. I but did not know that. Here's no. the point, right? Draw me a picture. Most of us <laughs> know the word phallic. Yes. But we don't know the word yonic. And I, I think to me that sort of speaks something about the fact that, again, patriarchal society. That's a lot easier to make something phallically shaped than it is to yonically shaped. Guys. No. <laughs> but, my, but, here's, but it reveals a, a basic... Um, Bias and misogyny in society that we that do you we, think that it's we, as we, complicated we have, we, as that though? Yeah, no, I do. We have we have this word. We have we have words for both things that look mm. like the male genitalia and things that look like the female genitalia. There are words for both of them, but generally we only know one of them. And I think that's a really good example of the fact that we are still a very patriarchal, do you masculine think, obsessed. Do you society. think that that's because there are more things in the world that are phallically shaped than are ionically shaped? Which brings me back to the earlier, somewhat throwaway, somewhat um, uh, daft point that maybe the reason that we build things in that way is is because we are you know building temples to our fallacies. I don't look at a rocket and think, mm, maybe how you phallic. will now. Well, I will now because you've you know. Right, folks. Just to remind you, this is, this is a podcast about nineteen fifties tips, <laughs> household tips about ironing and cleaning and things. You may have forgotten that at some point in the past two or three minutes. Right, anyway, you, you've blethered so much about your appendages that I feel we're going to have to do a third appendage. Oh, must we? Append- well, well, no. I, do, I don't like talking about the future right. because oh, you just confuse me. I'm just, please, please, I'm make just it stop. <laughs> what does my contract say? Where's my agent? I can't. Oh, hang on I think we should do another future one. Fine, let's do that. Because right, okay. you've blethered too okay. much Right, I need about to be nonsense. serious to do my outro and you know how... How tongue-tied I get. Yeah, the mm. listeners aren't aware of the editing no. that's involved in uh, <laughs> getting a clean we don't, out of the We don't edit anything apart from this bit because it takes me 60 years to do it. Okay, let's do I it. I think let's do it. One take Fleming. Let's Connie's do this. Connie's outros, otherwise or, it's 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock. <laughs> let's just... I think we should just let the, the listeners hear how What's terrible Connie's I am. What's Connie's short for, anyway? Constance. Confusion. Well, basically. <laughs> or Constance <laughs> Nonsense, as my mum used to call me. Mm. Um, well, I wonder why. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to edit this. Right. I'm not going to edit this. Okay. So if Connie doesn't get this in one take, oh, go. This is painful. <laughs> Join us again next time for more madness or possibly genius from the households of Scotland in the 1950s and for more nonsense from us here in Scotland today. Magic! Oh my God, I did it! <laughs> that was like the first I'm time so ever. Disappointed that she got it like first I know. time. I'll, I'll, I'll I mean, it wasn't my best. Like some, it wasn't yeah. my best, but it wasn't bad. Okay, see you soon, guys. Hi.
Hiya, it's Chris here with a little personal appeal on behalf of Connie, Steve and me. We so love making this podcast and we hope to keep doing so for a long time to come, but we need your support to prove that it's worth doing. Now, there are three ways you can help us keep making episodes. The first, and the one that makes the biggest difference, is by buying the books. They're stuffed with hundreds of fascinating, clever and occasionally downright daft tips. And as Steve said, you can get 20% off with a discount code THRIFTY at dcthompsonshop.co.uk. Next, spread the word. Tell your pals to listen if you think they'd love it too. And if you tag the Pass It On pod on Twitter or Pass It On Tips on Facebook, we'll see you and we'll give you a big virtual kiss. And lastly, subscribing, rating and reviewing the podcast, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, help other people discover it when they're browsing and looking for things to listen to. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Even if you do none of that, we still love having you. See you next time.